out of Austin, Texas. You're listening to the Unsanctioned Citizen Podcast. Here's your host, Sheila Dean. Hello, listeners. It is 3.01 Central Standard Time, and you are listening to the Unsanctioned Citizen out of Austin, Texas. The weather is hot, sunny, and beautiful. So uh, it has been a really trying week, let's put it this way, uh, in terms of like what is being proven in the news. Um, <clears throat> so I've decided to make the focal point of my program uh, the unapproved programs. And that's what they're called. They're called unapproved programs. So it's interesting and delightful that there's been a lot of news around UFOs this week because there happen to be a, exactly a bunch of unapproved programs um, that pertain to space and alien, you know, <clears throat> completely concealed graft probably happening, hand over fist. Nobody can inspect the programs for any kind of – and so this has been my complaint for years. Every time the alien thing comes up, <clears throat> I put a nice picture of an alien to kind of – He's cute. He looks like he can do no harm. He's like blinking up at you like a like a harbor seal. He's like, oh, I'm an alien. Look at me. I'm a darling. He even has like a little flavor saver. Oh, cute alien. Um, I don't know that if that's what they look like. But I don't think it really matters because <clears throat> for two reasons. For two reasons. Aliens come through the planet and it's not like the US government has a lot of control over the aliens they want to control what you believe about the aliens and so I think that that's been kind of like the the psychological operation you know tickle me Elmo psyop that the you know Department of Defense has been doing for many many years and other people have been doing for for a long, 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 long time. As long as I've been alive, uh, aliens aren't real. They're not real. It's like, well, they're they're not real. But you're funding a bunch of reverse engineering programs, and and you you are getting a lot of at cost engineers on board, and and you have this giant base out in the desert, and 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 and. Okay, so what government programs? Well, some of these are unapproved programs. They they are not inviting oversight, and there's this this I don't want to catastrophize but what's going on is that there is a bunch of uh, well they say you know if you knew about it it would be disastrous because we can predict the future and the future is that you would panic the future is that you would panic and it would be it would be super bad if you panicked and um, because war of the worlds because you know medium has handled things and 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 we need we need to control you and they can't and they haven't they haven't really kind of relinquished this notion that they can control people so there's a there's kind of like this battle going on of falsehoods that you know the job of the government is to control the people no no it's not it's to guard your liberties and those are two different orientations on what government is in code and in practice so the people who are like you know there is no justice in the world it is all darkness and I am the authority of all darkness and there's no rules because I don't want there to be rules 
it's a more convenient place if there are new rules. I can do whatever I want if there are new rules. You know, if I if I hit a child and run away, then nothing happens to me if that happens. But in a in a just world, there is cause and effect, and if you commit a crime against a person, uh, a property, or an intellectual property, there is there is a consequence that is leveraged in part with powers for the state, but also in civil powers. That's why there are civil lawsuits that, that invite you to sue, and they're supposed to make it look really hard and expensive to do a civil lawsuit, and it has been in many cases. And so that's why there are things like class action lawsuits, because little people don't have the resources to, to do these things. So I might be over-explaining this, but I think what I'll get into here is is the letters. The letters that I have written my public officials this week. I'm just going to pull some of those up in just a moment. But I just want to thank everybody who is not joining us this week. Let me see. Um, so I'm inviting, inviting, inviting all of the people. So there's Brady Crow and there's a lot of people, Lance, who are here. And um, I think that I need to cover one thing that is important is that Gregor Hinckley also known as Gregor H., as he chooses to be changed, were probably unequally yoked for this program. And I'm saying that to kind of prepare you that, that you know, not for the eventuality, but the, the probability is high that Gregor won't be host, co-host, at the Unsanctioned Citizen soon. So, um, so I just want to prepare you for that because... You know, Gregor has kind of stepped away from his duties, and, you know, we, we did talk about it. It's not like an unamicable, you know, disjoining. I'm just letting you know that that it's probably going to kind of shift. The unsanctioned citizen, you know, if something happens to, say, this particular network or the or we got to make a transition to Rumble, um, it has to be something that meets a visual quorum there needs to be a new production standard we have to start promoting you know vigorously which we are you know preparing to do um but you know there has to be a production both a production quality and a consistency to what we program to to deliver and we have to to kind of pull freight at the same same level and I don't, I don't think we're doing that and um, so I just wanted to kind of tell you about it not to freak you out but to let you know that that's true and um, and so I'll be contacting the administrators over the coming weeks and letting them know what's up all right so moving forward we've got the unapproved programs that came out this week all right, I'm trying to get my computer to to work. Okay, so this is essentially a letter I wrote to Chip Roy and Matt Gates, 
And the response was pretty, pretty interesting. Almost immediately, uh, I got a response from the office of, of Matt Gates. So I think that they're getting a lot of communication similar to this, this type of communication. So let me just prepare to read this to you. It's more of a relaxed format today, but I will include some links that are in this. Dear Representative Roy, as in Chip Roy, I think you and Rep Gates have been really consistent on issues of misappropriation of DHS and other U.S. intelligence agency resources. I feel really demoralized as a constituent who keeps making demand for the basic U.S. human rights protection package to include the Fourth Amendment protections and a right to face the state's accusers as the Sixth Amendment. Um, I'm frustrated because there seems to be an endless DHS budget for redundant censorship and mass surveillance programs to perform Censor surveillance at the American people and the U.S. people online. They want online digital health passports, but they won't protect the data that they have in their custody now. I'm just going to break out and say that I do have some anecdotal um, stuff to tell you about the nation state of Australia and how they've moved from, you know, paper visas to like a exclusively digital visa passport process. So that's important to cite. Okay, so let me go back. They want online digital health passports, but they won't protect the data that they have in their custody now. They want to launder social media credit scores for compliance, calling it a risk score to appease China's miners. Who are the people making these not constitutional decisions at DHS? Then there's the seemingly bottomless budget for federal government to carry their special Psychological operations onto major news outlets, pushing public objections to transnational automated defense spending completely off the editorial page. And I'm being told in a bully-like way that this, is, this government no longer represents me, no consent necessary, bed made, takeover, nothing you can do, quote-unquote, we won. And this is a lie. Who is telling me this lie? Some dishonest socialized, pro-China transnational military press handler, like Zelensky's people, who now apparently tried to demand censorship of American journalists this week, at least, and the UK arrest of, of American journalists abroad. So, or USAID, or Blinken's people. This is like a civil war. It is like a civil war. And it is against me, and people who don't want Biden's approach to proxy coordination of global government deferential to communist China. Now, I didn't ask for this. I want my basic limited government package with the rights intact. It's not an optional bonus. We have a contract. Let's talk a minute about Julian Assange. The impoverished legal excuse for the UK to launder the intelligence community's non-law-abiding exercise a Kafkaesque prison sentence in Belmarsh Prison for no real crime to speak of that can be reasonably applied to his case. I asked for a SCOTUS legal review of his case and to stop sponsor of American resources to contain him without due process for a crime. Assange. Julian Assange has sat in solitary confinement for over four years with no conviction because he is literally there with no crime. There's no crime. His status can only be described as a political prisoner of the United States. This is a real red flag. 
for a corrupt miscarriage of the American legal system. So I'm supposed to believe that Assange can be killed by our foreign policy clique for treason. He's an Australian citizen. He has no obligations to this nation. Yet we have all benefited from his sacrifice to bring corrupt acts of this and other governments to light. I don't care what the opinion of the intelligence community is right now or on anything. Yet it is all I get in the mainstream news outlets. It's, it really does sound like it's being throttled at a high frame rate by some Indian PR firm where they carry the spirit of popular repression marshaled by PM Modi. Controlling what I believe is not the job of U.S. intelligence services. They cannot do it legally, morally, or even practically. They want dominance. They want me to live in fear. They want to play God to people who know better. This is not an anarchy. This is not made-up government, ad hoc as you go, rules for thought, crime, and punishment. The rights and powers granted to the people are not exchanged with any consent to just walk into a prison run by criminal Plutarchs. I request a definancing and commandeerment of all material resources used for IC spying on the American people in mass as means of an investigation into crimes of corruption on Twitter, Facebook, and any of the social media platforms targeted by DHS, the FBI, and the DNI. I ask for a SCOTUS review of the legal policy approach to U.S. speech online. I ask you for an injunction against DHS for recruiting non-paid, foolhardy volunteers to police anywhere in the world, by the way, to play minder of social media platforms under presumption of bad speech, hateful speech, misinformation, disinformation, malinformation. It is not the job of the American people to play cultural struggle shaming Stasi on behalf of the World Health Organization or China or the U.S. government, yet all of this is being schlepped by our government. It is unacceptable for me and journalists to be policed and target censored by DHS mentions in India, Pakistan, Berlin, the UK, Ukraine for the grievances I have a legal right to air online. DHS is the Gestapo. They have to be reorganized. Burn them to the ground and start over if you have to. This is insanity. You have the power and the duties to make it stop. So please make it stop. Very sincerely, me. Okay, that's the letter. And then I've got a, a bunch of sources which I will put in the notes afterwards. So there's somebody who I guess called in for a, a tick. So it says this person is Jamie Seville. China and the rest of the world are inextricably linked. No, they're not. And thinking and saying that it's us versus them is to ignore the underlying reality, which is that we have to decouple from China. And the U.S. president is on the global payroll, which includes taking from China and via Ukraine. That doesn't mean that it was above board. It's an ethics violation and it's corruption. And if you think it's going to end, you're naive. I think that you're complicit with a criminal counterpart. And don't call my show anymore. You're a bot. Mm. So I'm going to contact my government and ask them for decoupling, 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 decoupling. Again, decoupling from unauthorized programs. These people have no rights, zero rights to my resources, my taxes, my lands, anything. These are, these are foreign nationals with no real powers of reach in this country. 
So, okay, here's what Matt Gates responded with, like almost immediately, like same day. So, hello, friends. There are currently more than 1,000 unauthorized programs within the federal government. Last year alone, Congress spent $461 billion on unauthorized appropriations without oversight, congressional hearings, or reauthorization votes. What that tells me is that there's a bunch of governing that's unanswerable to the American people, and it's just automated all on its own. These are people who just decided that they were going to govern without you. And just last week, Congress passed the Biden-McCarthy debt ceiling bill, which failed to make meaningful spending reforms and will add another $4 trillion to our national debt. For far too long, the swamp has tried to cover up its spending addiction, and the American taxpayer has been forced to foot the bill. Earlier this year, I took a stand to end the era of imperial speakership and change the way that the House of Representatives operates. As a result, Speaker McCarthy agreed to give the House members more involvement in the legislative process so the Republicans could cut spending. It, it's only taken Speaker McCarthy four months to break the fundamental promises that he ultimately allowed him to take the Speaker's gavel. As his debt limit deal with Joe Biden proved he doesn't take reckless spending seriously. That's why on Tuesday, I, along with 11 other House conservatives, voted against this week's rule providing for votes on more messaging bills. Republican leadership failed to hold the line on a debt ceiling and, as a consequence, failed the American people. I refuse to play a role in this failure theater with establishment Republicans. And sometimes the only way things change in Washington, D.C. is by force. By holding the floor of the House, my conservative colleagues and I are sending a clear message to Speaker McCarthy that true conservatives will never surrender. And then there's a picture of a bunch of conservative Republican people with a picture that says, hold the floor. Hold the floor! So he has also introduced a resolution to hold former Trump prosecutor in contempt of Congress. So this stuff, there is a political lawfare, you know, shots are fired. It's just going on. I'm not even paying attention because it's so, it's, it, within a week it won't even be matter. Because sometimes these indictments just didn't materialize. Like, he, it was full court theater. Like, the last time they dragged him to New York to be indicted, they didn't even have a charge. They didn't even have a real crime. So, I guess there could have been something. But they, they didn't have a crime last time. So, I, I feel like all of this is kind of theater. And then, then there's all this culling of this, these narratives around Trumps that, that aren't true and some of them are true and they're all mixed together so i'm not listening to any of it trump is kind of a candidate for me that's kind of passe i want a different president now there's a lot of people who still want trump to be in power but those people are not me and there's a lot of people who are like me who want to see the rest of what the presidential you know, offerings may be. And, you know, nobody's made a, an official ballot. You know, the ballots aren't even being put out right now. They, this is just the preliminaries. And it's all warfare-y. <laughs> As if this isn't a democracy or something. It is. And the problem, the head fake is that we're being told a lot, like, every day, this is not a democracy anymore. And, like, are you just magicianing this? You know, what were you, what were you thinking really? 
So I'm going to read also this last, last, I'm going to read a little bit of things that were said by Daniel Ellsberg. I've been following the HBO series, The White House Plumbers, which is basically about Daniel Ellsberg and the Pentagon Papers and the Watergate scandal and the, the guys who went to jail for it, G. Gordon Liddy. And it's kind of like a comic relay of what happened with them. It's, it's, it's told through a comedic lens, but it's serious stuff. Um, and Daniel Ellsberg, which whom I had the pleasure and privilege of interviewing at another time in my life when I was doing Waking Up Orwell, um, is now uh, dying from pancreatic, pancreatic cancer. Sorry, it's hard for me to get out sometimes. Um, death is difficult, and it's, it's kind of permanent. Yeah, death is permanent. Um, so Daniel Ellsberg's last interview. I also want to give props to um, <clears throat> the founders of The Intercept for the 10th anniversary of the Snowden leaks. Um, that happened this week. Um, I wrote a very thoughtful letter to System Update and got to witness the interview that he had with Laura Poitras and Edward Snowden. This is Glenn Greenwald. And those things are very evocative because I think I know what I was doing at that time. Other people... Other people were also kind of doing their life and and maintaining their their they were trying to hold the line in their own way. Um, so for Daniel Ellsberg to pass away, it means that it's there's an entire generation of people who held the government accountable that have gone on, and um, so. That means that it's up to us. It's up to us to to kind of to do the accountability piece, and that that's a heavy burden because a lot of people don't want to do that with me. <laughs> they don't want to do that with me. Um, so I want I want to read this. It says. There's a lot of talk about what about Ellsberg would not direct quotes in this political article. Also, I'll just begin here. Most whistleblowers start out as patriots or devoted company people, often passionate ones, and there's a pattern to their behavior. So this is the article from Politico that came out, I believe, this week. Yeah, on the 4th. Daniel Ellsberg is dying, and he has some final things to say. Again, this is this is kind of a difficult, difficult area. <sighs> no one ever sets out to become a whistleblower. Most whistleblowers start out as patriots or devoted company people, often passionate ones, and there's pattern to their behavior. Most of them try at first to, to address wrongdoing within the system. Going to the media is a last resort. Ellsberg describes himself as a Harvard-educated U.S. Marine who in the beginning completely bought into the Cold War struggle against communism, including the domino theory. When he worked, 
He went when he went to work for the Department of Defense and Rancorp. He says, I very much accepted the idea that we were a force for democracy in the third world, as in Korea and the former colonial world, and for self-determination, for sovereignty, for peace. We were the good guys. Initially, he wanted to divulge the Pentagon Papers to Congress, but few people in the Congress seemed interested, he says. Ellsberg only reluctantly agreed to go to the media when he began hearing from contacts in the Nixon administration that Nixon was planning to escalate the war, says Robert Ellsberg, who has a 13-year-old, who as a 13-year-old helped his father secretly copy the papers. Good for him. So in a later era, a number of people who turned into whistleblowers were inspired by 9-11 to help their country. Among them, Ian Fishback dedicated U.S. Army captain who revealed that the torture practices at Abu Ghraib in Iraq were systemic, not isolated incidents, and only to suffer criticism, mental illness, and die years later in a charity hospital. Reality Winner, who was sentenced to five years in prison for leaking details of Russian infiltration in the 2016 U.S. election. Other whistleblowers who have served time include Chelsea Manning, the former U.S. Army soldier who disclosed military and diplomatic documents to WikiLeaks, uh, and Daniel Hale, who is currently imprisoned in Illinois after being convicted of giving classified material about drone operations to the media. Don't forget Mr. Kiriakou. Um, Edward Snowden, who leaked massive amounts of information about surveillance by the National Security Agency, is in permanent exile in Russia. <sighs> So whistleblowers often end up bitter and incurably self-righteous like Ellsberg and Snowden. They are variously called hero or traitor for the rest of their lives. Or in the case of Frank Serpico, the famous cop, a rat. Um, Not long before Ellsberg exposed the Pentagon Papers, Serpico was testifying to the Knapp Commission in 1970 about endemic graft in the New York City Police Department, which later became a subject of a book and a classic film. Like Ellsberg, Serpico tried for years to register his complaints inside the system, in in his case, the police department and the city government, before finally going to the New York Times in frustration. To this day, Serpico says he is viewed as an outcast by the NYPD. It's pretty lonely out there, says Serpico, who's 87 and lives in a wooded tract outside Albany. doesn't end. Dan is the unforgiven, and I'm the unforgiven. So still in a phone interview in May, Serpico adds, whatever you do, no matter how small it is, it makes a difference, and you have to keep struggling. That is what whistleblowers are doing. They're struggling to keep the system from going under. So whistleblowers, it may be said, often do seem to be a different breed of human and more like that different no matter what they are exposing. They are motivated by a moral outrage that often leads them to take on an entire system that they were once part of and even loved with a little hope of changing that system. Nor are they welcomed back into their organizations or industry, much less promoted. Certainly they get no reward, with the exception of some financial whistleblowers who revealed illegal corporate gains. Quote, it's not just a question of awarding an act with which from almost every point of view, social and personal, is irrational in the sense that it is likely to be extremely personally risky, and I think that there will be no change to that, Ellsberg says. 
You can't change the fact that when you tell secrets that your boss or your old area of industry is anxious for you to keep. You can't escape retribution for that. I was very much an outlier on that. You might almost say Frank Serpico is the other absolute end of that. He got shot in the face. In the last half century, Ellsberg amassed a huge amount of hate mail, calling him treasonous, Abby said. As Carrie Howells described it in Bottoms Up and The Devil Laughs, A Journey Through deep, the Deep State, her new book about reality winner and other whistleblowers, they often just don't understand why they fail to see the world the way they do. But most people are just go along even with what it... Oh, sorry. Why most people just go along even with what they think is just a bad or unjust system. They just go along with it. Most of us are not good at looking, she writes. People who feel they must confront the nature of reality, whom we call whistleblowers or traitors, tend to feel that the rest of us should do the same, which makes those people annoying because not looking or willful blindness is a skill. And after a while, you might lose the ability to not not to look. So you risk caring too much. So I care a lot. I think the people who listen to this program on the regular care a lot. And I believe that they are important people to the process. So I'm thankful for all the new subscribers and people who stop by the program on a regular basis. Um, I think this is going to be a shorter program. That way I can throw up these links. Let me go back to the sourcing of my original letter. Okay. So I wrote a substack this week. Hey, it's Brady. Hey, Brady, how's it going? What's up, Sheila? Hey, so, um, I wanted to read this. Pardon? Are you there? I said, what's up with the sub? I said, what's up with the sub stack? What's happening on the sub? Oh, uh, (laughs) you're away from your mic. So I wrote a piece called The Socialized Intelligence State Pushes Their Work Onto the Public. In Soviet eras, the duty of the public was to provide personal intelligence on people who violated political norms. And the reason was a socialist approach to espionage. So what I have here is is a pullout from um, Andrew Lowenthal's article at Racket um, uh, about the Civic Listening Corps who actually has a substack and their commission is to monitor content every week volunteers have an opportunity to join a guided monitoring shift to actively participate in monitoring topics that disrupt communities across the globe volunteers monitor topics that have been researched and prioritized by the research analyst and the civic civic listening corps volunteers can monitor content within their own social media feeds via the custom monitoring dashboards in Junkipedia, while volunteers are invited to attend weekly monitoring shifts hosted by the Civic Listening Corps staff. So somebody's paying for this. Participants can monitor anytime they wish to use our tools, 
Volunteers submit and annotate examples of problematic content to Junkipedia tip lines via web form, SMS, or email. And I'm thinking, who is paying for this? But it's still unmistakable, Brady. I mean, you know, this is this is the Stasi struggle shaming court. They're like, they're gonna rat on people who are wrong speaking. Are you wrong speaking this week? Do I need to call the civic listening court? <laughs> are you there? You there, Brady? Brady Crow? <laughs> I was muted. I apologize. Um. I uh, find myself wondering from time to time if um, there is someone feeding the trolls here on call-in or if they are, in fact, just useful idiots, you know, and I, I, of course, am hard to know. It's makes sometimes sometimes the mind wonders, you know, I'm I, I lean on the side of them just being incredibly useful idiots. But um, from time to time, especially one of them who used to hold political office, I suspect, may still be getting paid to be an asshole online. And um, I can tell you that Amanda Rice, she was a politician in California who openly during the during the covid uh, during the covid pandemic um, was openly suggesting that people should not be allowed to drive in their cars during the COVID pandemic, well, that even if they had masks on. So she's one of those people. She's a co-head. She's a vax hole, right? And she doesn't like to talk about it now. But uh, yeah, she's been incredibly problematic and she's done everything in her power to derail my movement to build a new third party because I saw the need for it back in 2016 during the elections. That's so fair. Greens don't have it together. That's so fair. You know, we can't do any shows yeah, without her. She's been. She's, she's announcing. What are you talking about? Sophie. Sophie, my cat. Oh, Sophie. Sophie, the control oh, okay. room producer. I see. That makes sense, though. Yeah. She's, she's here every show. But yeah, uh, not just Amanda, but a lot of random useful people on Colin have just done everything in their power to roadblock the idea of building a new third party. And well, I don't, I don't see there. how they are invested or disinvested or how what kind of powers they believe that they have to stop the, the progress of any democratic representation. If you want to start a new party, you can. You know, I don't know what Which the I party have. I don't know what the party will be, Brady. But if you support active democracy, which I do, um, yes. then, you know, it, it's weird to start an, another party. But I am I am almost exclusively third party the entire time I've been a voting adult. So, right. you know, there's plenty of weird people who will vote for you. But those votes don't go to the to the candidates, and then they treat you like trash anyway. They're like, you're like, we don't need your vote. Blah! Yeah. So there are a couple of modern day simple sabotage tactics that have actively been uh, making it difficult for me to make this party happen, and that has to do in the form of censorship, of course. And mm. what that means is, that, let's say that you make me a speaker on your you know, show right now. Naomi Wolf did an entire book on how to campaign as a third party candidate and all the things that she confronted. Uh, let me look at her catalog, but go ahead. Tell us, a, tell us your story, what your experience is. 
with censorship. Here on Colin, which I consider Colin to be the freest platform for speech, and also one of the most important right now because we had a couple of really big journalists coming in here. And that was an opportunity to actually communicate with them and um, get some things happening on a, a larger national scale, right? So I, I, I see Colin as a particularly important platform for that reason. And because it's small, you actually have the chance of talking to Aaron Mate, Jimmy Dore, Abby Martin, Savvy Sabs, Katie Halper. You know, it's pretty amazing. And so, um, Mike I would Tracy. suggest you Mike this. Tracy. Yeah, Stephen yeah, Miller. Yeah. yeah, the list goes on. And, um, so I was suggesting that we use this platform as a networking tool to organize a new third party. And what happened to me is no one likes the idea of starting a third party at all. They think that any starting any third party is a bad idea for years until Cornell West runs for president. So shouts out to Cornell West for that. But now, well, I mean, they never seem to really have a problem with anybody running as an independent, just starting another party. Right. You follow me. Right. Okay, because yeah. that's that's what he did. He decided to run as an independent. But he also started a new party. Doctor Cornell West was part of the People's Summit in 2020 that actually oh, launched. Okay. So, the so the communists project. have their candidate, and so now it's okay. Everything is okay. Exactly. Um, but it's always been okay. We need more third parties. So like, which which is your favorite third party? The Libertarians. Well, typically it has been the Libertarian Party. That's my my go to. But I have known to vote Green. Um, I have voted Democratic like once in my life, and Republican almost. I did some Republican voting this last election. Um, Disgusting. Mostly, mostly <laughs> local candidates here in Texas for local offices. Because I didn't want a Democrat running things. Um, the Democrats, you know, but if you, if it's Democrat v. Democrat, then, you know, you have to really kind of look at the Democrat that you're voting for. And yeah. in uh, blue-dominated areas, you have to just kind of listen to, to the platform and, you know, choose the mm -hmm. individual that best represents the government of your choice. But elections are temporary cycles. You know, there are people who just never get off of the carnival wheel. Uh, I really am more of like a, a policy person, so I, I have a tendency to kind of work with whomever is there, unless they're a complete, you know, their strategy is to just lock out anybody who isn't completely 100% compliant. And that's what I've seen happening. It's a really troubling trend that I've been watching for mm, exactly I don't know, with the Nick Brana party, years, for example. At least. The, the people. The People's Party that Cornell West is running for, Nick Brana, as soon as anyone tried to question his financial meddlings, he kicked mm -hmm. them all out of the party so that they didn't even have a voice. That's, that's pretty common for, for communist uh, parties. You know, I, I, they, they spring up all over the place and they, they, they will run candidates, but they eat their own really quick. They, they, they just eat down the people that they have because no, everybody's intolerant. So uh, no one can can survive quick enough in in, in a democratic. I, I mean, that's exactly typically what happened. I've watched that's not it happen. Exactly the situation. the situation that we have here is that we want Nick Brana to be eaten up and dis and and you know discarded. Well, then just just let but it we, happen. We just, it. It's entropy, no. man. That's what always happens. Okay. They they do it to themselves. All right, you say that, 
but obviously it's not working because Dr. Cornell West ran for his party. He's been running for like two days, dude. Yeah. Yeah, two days. I know. I mean, uh, I mean, democracy. Just give it, give it ten minutes. Give it, give it a little Um, bit, and and you know they will eat their own, and and this will be over. Cornell West won't make, won't make a. a concerted effort to to stay in the race because he won't he doesn't man, marshal a popular vote. You know if he's gambling on all won't. black people. He's already as a doing vote. better than RFK. He's already doing better than RFK. How? In polls. Which I'm talking sixty percent. Savvy Sabs had a live poll in her audience. Oh, the that's Savvy Sabs poll. Yep. Savvy's yep. like. It matters. It matters. Well, I mean, but Savvy's a socialist. She's going to refer to other socialists. 60%, you know, polls among socialists. That doesn't, that doesn't collectivize the entire, they are so busy trying to make their minority circus act look like it is way bigger than it is. And they're legendary liars about this stuff. Don't listen or believe the communists, like ever. Okay, so you believe Republicans when they hack voting machines and when they when they own companies that make the voting machines, you, you trust that instead? Well, I don't trust anything, Brady. I, I trust what way, I trust when I trust it. And I don't you know it's not a preference. Like the if they parties, if they yeah. are above board, then they're above board. If they're corrupt, then they're corrupt. But you have to differentiate. You have to be able to say this is corrupt. This is okay. You have to separate the rot from from the good fruit. Yes. Yeah, and you have to. Doctor Cornell West. Right, and and Doctor Cornell West is not somebody I would vote for, so he doesn't get my vote. And of course, I'll I'll speak out against his candidacy if if that is the case, because he's a communist. I'm not going to vote for him. I'm not going to give him any power. Well, you realize that Republicans believe in communism for corporations. Some of them do. Some of them do, and they're transparent. Uh, but not all of them. That's not a that's not a platform position. How many How many Republicans voted against the bailout? Um, I don't really know. Do you know? I don't. I don't really I pay that hard attention to can, to right Republican policy. Me. I'm just trying to follow the ones that are doing civil libertarian stuff. You know, if they're if they're civil libertarians, then I'm going to be kind of saying these are the people, these are the allies in my tent, um, and I'm going to be watching what they do. If they're if they're not behaving or putting forth legislation or actions that that resemble a civil libertarian agenda, then I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play ball with them because they're not going to help me with what I need. They're going to go run so, interference for, for people in Hillary Clinton's, you know, war camp or they're going to they're going to add more uh, more bills to the, the federal defense pile. Uh, they're going to pay for bombs that go to Ukraine. They're going to you know, they're going to do a lot of stuff I don't want. So I'm not going to I'm not going to go to the people who are opposed to me for things that I need. I should talk to them about the issues and try to persuade them. But. I'm not going to go to them for things I need. Yeah, I wouldn't go to anyone for things you need. I would figure out how to make those things happen for yourself. 
Well, but I mean, it, what... you, uh, Brady, unless you control the, the massive national budget and you can say yes or no and vote up or down or, or produce letters I can control of injunction, you can't produce any letters of injunction. You have to get your, your legislative representative to do those things. And you, you don't get to cut spending to DHS for unauthorized programs, which is what this, this podcast is really about. The unauthorized programs are basically where the government starts spending your money on, you know, censor surveillance programs without any vote or consensus with the body of the Congress. Right. It's just agencies running rogue at, with a checkbook. Kind of like black operation, like a black budget. Right, kind of like the alien thing, you know, like there's a, there's a bunch of graft going on. You know, that's why I mentioned, you know, I have you a know, lot of the, information. That's why, that's why I picture, that, picture that, alien. that alien. Yeah, they're using aliens to cover up black uh, covert operations like Project Paperclip and stuff like that. And all of this alien bullshit is honestly just uh, advanced drone technology within advanced drone uh advanced propulsion systems and believe it or not one of the side effects of these advanced propulsion systems is uh prion disease like alzheimer's and mad cow disease and so a side effect of all their buzzing around in the sky is actually like causing <laughs> like damage to people potentially and, and as a matter of fact there was a reality well TV i mean how show. do you know well, that? i mean how oh, do you right. know that though Brad? because this is all public domain information this is all public information well, what my well, point is is that there's graft, and that there is the spending of money that isn't accounted for in these black programs, and yes. that has been a complaint, a consistent complaint that I've had for years. And aliens are a very convenient cover story to to kind of it makes people more comfortable. It's a psychological operations to make Americans accept the black budget because there could be aliens and we could be reverse engineering their technology and yada yada. There may be aliens, but they're not allowed to exist legally. And if you find one, we'll put you in a special camp for people who find aliens, which is not okay ever. Hey, ever. That's, that's the problem have... with the national security state. They make up yes. the rules as they go, and they make up the crimes as they go, and yes. we can't we have that. <laughs> yeah, we can't have that. German... That's... Go ahead. There was a German concentration camp in America, and actually a lot of the Germans from this German concentration camp in America were part of these black budget operations, and they would uh, offer them Okay, so stop to... there. Stop there, Brady. Was it a concentration camp for... American Germans where they were put there because they were like um, they were like the Japanese Americans there was Japanese and American internment no 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 no, no. it was ex-Nazi pilots and ex-Nazi scientists and they were put into these concentration camps in America okay so there was there was a camp and we it was like a gitmo for for Nazis in on American soil did I get it right? Are you there? It was a could uh, win their um, a little bit of freedom by test flying some of these advanced propulsion, advanced Brady, aircraft. Brady, do you know that I didn't? I didn't hear the last three sentences you said. 
Okay, um, let's try that again. Basically, yes, you are correct. There is like a Gitmo in America for ex-Nazi pilots and scientists, and they were winning some of their freedom by test flying some of these advanced propulsion technologies right outside of Roswell, um, New Mexico. There's okay. an Air Force. That's very informative. Was this under a specific type of program? Did the program have a name? Project Paperclip. Okay, so this is all Project Paperclip. I, I remember Paperclip, but I didn't know about this. Yes, and we had bases in Texas here, believe. I think Kelly Air Force Base actually housed some Nazi scientists. Ah, uh, Kelly. They had a base outside of Roswell, New Mexico, that had some landing strips that were six miles long. And they happened to be pointing right at Roswell, New Mexico. And so, uh, yeah, they, they really do use the alien narrative to cover up these black budgets. And um, what 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 are the what do you think about um, another one of these unapproved programs that I'm concerned with is the use of AI in like Cambridge Analytica, which has oh, recently yeah. dissolved That's... and restructured under Emmer Data, a new company called Emmer Data, and they're about to fuck hmm. with us again in this next election. Believe me, oh, they're fucking right. with us. Emmer Data. Yeah. Let me write that down. How did you find that out? A really cool individual on TikTok. He he goes by for sale eighteen, and um, I tried to get him on to call in to talk about this once before, and the host was like, "No, this is a conversation about trans issues." And me and him were both screaming like, "This directly pertains to trans people." Like this is like pertains to all people. Yeah, directly pertains to humanity. But yeah, it, it, there there are connotations to the trans issue involved in all of this as well. And um, but yeah, they just didn't even want to hear it because they they wanted to talk about trans people all day. So yeah, I know. I think um, that, you know, unless it's like trans cult advertisement at the end of every you know paragraph, then you know they don't want to hear about issues. That's what bothers me. I mean, we can't just be people anymore. I, w I want to be people together, you know, like like a human family like we used to be. You know, I want I want my dysfunctional Thanksgiving back. <laughs> yeah, like, the, like, like the 80s and the 90s? And yeah, the 80s like I, I want my dysfunctional Thanksgiving back where, you know, there's a there's a kind of an ugly tension between Uncle John and, and, uh, and, uh, uh, my new... Uh, niece who was a guy last fall. <laughs> That's an attainable goal. Um, yeah, I want that. I, I want that. I I need my family to be together. However ridiculous and dysfunctional their, their problems might be, you know, between Aunt, Aunt Martha and, of course, you know, the anti-vaxxing me in the room with them talking about, well, you know, I just, I already had the disease. I know I had the disease. I confirmed that I had, you know, antibodies, but nobody wanted to look at my antibody sheet because that was taboo. That was taboo. Right. Wow. Right. Right. So I, that was April of 2020. I couldn't get anybody to validate my, my, my immunity. I know I had, I had pieces of COVID virus broken up in my bloodstream confirmed i had it okay but nobody wanted to validate my uh, my they man they threw it they just chucked it in the garbage when i saw that i had to go kind of through a a loop-de-loo to get like a canadian um or some off 
off-brand nasal test to see if I had antibodies. I mean, I was really struggling to get any kind of proof that I had this because it will wash out of your blood after a while and you won't have any antibodies to, to prove to the blood popo that you <laughs> had it. And it's like, but the, the COVID vaccine gave people COVID, but they wanted people to keep taking vaccines once they had COVID. I'm like, this is ridiculous. If you had COVID, you have antibodies to the disease. And if you get it again, who gives a shit? Because you know you won't die. And if you have it, you stay home and you stay out of public circulation. Those are the rules. Them's the rules. Right. And, and um, I, I don't... It was so bad shit. All of it. All of it. The yeah, you said that you know, oh, oh, wait, wait. I didn't even tell you this. My, a friend of mine, this lovely, wonderful woman, sold us her house, realtor, Leslie Rasco. She's a wonderful woman, is going to Australia where they had one of the most draconian, authoritarian COVID regimes worldwide. Second to like only China and a few other places. I mean, there was no freedom. People were stuck in their homes. It was almost like Singapore. Not as bad as Singapore, but it was almost like Singapore. She told me she had to, they just reopened the country. To her daughter lives there with her grandson, and <clears throat> let's put it this way: uh, she had to put her visa into the phone, into into the phone in order to deal with the Australian government for a or a travel visa. So we jumped the shark here globally as far as credentialing goes. There's been no; I mean, it's all. World Health Organization, we're going to just go, you know, drop the foot to the pedal. We're go- we're putting everything in the phones. We're making the 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 uncontrolled migrants at the at the U.S. border go to to a smartphone to get into the United States. Like, if you want a passport, you know, your passport book isn't good enough. You've got to use your phone for everything you do. And I'm beginning to think that that this is this is how I reverse engineer my way out of things. I stop using my phone for so many things. I start deplatforming the platformers. I stop feeding them and giving them things to have in terms of data uh, and telling them to go f- basically pound sand. Okay? Because I am not going to let Google be my government. They're not a proxy government. They're not responsible. They're not good. Mm. So I, I needed to say evil. that. Yeah, they they gave in. They gave in to Satan. <laughs> <laughs> they gave in to well, Satan. If if God is so good, you should just pray that God kills Satan. Is my answer to that question. <laughs> that scene. <laughs> it seems very God's simple. So I'm not. I'm not sure. I can. I can get into the whole God v Devil thing. I mean, it's really God's job to handle all the uh, yeah, non-alignment with good. I'm Team Satan, 100%, but I'm not going to get into that argument today. Um, well, I mean, you, you seem pretty narcissistic, Brady, so I'm not surprised. Everyone says that, you know, I must love myself too much. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if, you, if you expect everybody to worship you as much as you do, then that's that's why I think you 
Yes. You must be safe. But like ninety percent of the people who tell me that also hate themselves. So. You well, know, I mean, it, your context of like I don't hate myself, Brady. I just don't worship you, and that's because I worship God, and that's a totally different construct. Frankly, I I, I salute you for that. I encourage people to not follow me. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> What's worse is that you're starting a political party. <laughs> yeah, follow the idea of the political party. Don't worry about no, me. Like, ignore no, me. No, I'm not going to call me. You're like a cult leader, bro. Yeah, no, there's no way that's happening. <laughs> I am not like, first of all, I am not like a cult leader. I am I not, not like a cult leader. Why are you saying that? All, I'm not like a cult leader. There are measurable and objective red flags that cult leaders uh, partake in. One of them well, is their control freaks. And they're malignant they, they're narcissists. <laughs> malignant narcissist, exactly. And um, I think that I think that's an over I think that's just like a term that became popular and it's, it's like a the psychological, only psychological malady term. that has a DSM five description only... in a book. Yes, it's a it's a sure, medical sure. condition. I realize <laughs> it's a you didn't let me finish my point. Okay, all right. My I'll point was that it is a medical, it is a psychological condition that has been popularized through the media, and it is just one of a whole array of, of psychological conditions that people have. But it is True. the one that the masses are the most familiar with, so they just label everything as narcissism without really knowing what they're talking about or even being able to point to an example of it. Well, that's interesting. Um, They're ignorant it. about that. I happen to be yeah, very well versed know. in what knowing of Marxism and narcissism. I happen to, to know a lot about narcissism. Yeah, it's it's where you become obsessed with yourself to the point where it becomes a problem. Well, it's it's beyond that. That's that's part of it. It's it's where basically you you believe that everyone should should worship and cater to you because you're you. But that's not what I believe. <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm overtly not narcissistic. I don't exist. Well, I mean, someone who is pro, you know, like I am Satan, pro Satan, you know, those that's what they believe. They believe that they should be worshipped as gods and that they should take the place of God and that they are God. And I don't agree with them no, on that. That's an inherently, you know, narcissistic that's postulate. You that's because there is a schism between both of the definitions of God. You might have one definition of God, and they have a different definition of God. And that's where the communication breakdown well, is. Well, I'm not going to let a Satanist decide and define what God is for me. That's, well, that's, no, that's where that, we draw the line right, right there. I, I guarantee you, 100%, there is no Satanist in the world that actually believes they are a magical man who can make things happen and throw lightning bolts. I'm going to disagree with you there things. because I've actually had many conversations with many Satanists, and, and unfortunately, they are pretty similar. They think that the world is a dark place and that they are the answer. And then they're not, a, they're nothing and no answer is the answer. Just follow them straight into the pit of hell. So, okay, well, that's, that's like, sounds like a nerd, yeah. Um, but what I'm what I'm suggesting is that the majority of Satanists that I encounter believe in the idea of uh, apotheosis, which George Washington, the founder of our country, also believed in. By the way, if you go to the Washington Memorial in, at the U.S. Capitol, there is a painting on the ceiling called "The Apotheosis of George Washington." And it doesn't I don't make know him my god, it. dude. It doesn't make him my god in any way. Is he on your dollar? Is he on your dollar? 
It doesn't matter, man. It doesn't make him my god. Period. He can be. He can be the 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 founder of the nation. He can, you know, because he's on the dollar bill. What does that mean? It means he's minted. Uh, he's a general on the face of my currency. That's all that means. But do you trust in God? I do. Okay, but which God? I trust in Jesus Christ and the Holy Trinity. Jesus is not a God. Jesus is not Jesus a God. Jesus is, in fact, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, according to our belief system. Sorry. That is what we believe. All right, Brady. Okay, well... <laughs> you're I not you really a Christian guy. You're like one one time you come in here and you want to be autocratic and authoritative about Christian matters, but you're you're like coming in the side door going, I'm also Satan, so pick a lane, bro. <laughs> uh, well, I'm a I am a mystic and a hermeticist, so I'm interested in Christianity. Very, I study it a lot, but I don't believe in it. So I hope that makes sense. Okay. But I gotta go pick up a boat. It's always cool to talk to you. I'll, I'll let you get yes! back to your show. I, I hope that um, that Emmer data is something worth looking into. We can have a conversation uh, about totally. that later. Yeah. And if you'd like some help, maybe getting that guy on the show, I could totally get him to hopefully come up and we could do an interview with him. He's really cool. Um, I'll okay. drop a link to him in the chat. Yeah, I'll drop a link to him in the chat before I go. But always good talking. Yeah, to and you. and feel free to go to uh, SheilaMDean.com and uh, you know and drop me a line so that we can book him formally. I mean, I'm trying to get people to use the, the formal booking process, you know, and I haven't been able to successfully do it with a couple of people here on Colin, but um, other people I have. So if he'll go through the process and send me an email uh, via the, the uh, booking site, then, then we'll do it. You there, Brady? Okay, I'm going to let you go get your boat. Happy sales. All right. So that about wraps it. I'm going to put the sources for today's um, sources for today's show and program in the chat or in the uh, sources box afterwards. I got here late, and um, I want you to know that everything is good and okay, but uh, we are doing a reshuffle for the program. And uh, I wish you well, and we'll see you next Saturday between 1 and 3. And until then, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Thanks for listening. Before you go, hit the subscribe button. Remember that callers are welcome. Subscribers can access unsanctioned citizen podcast archives at Substack. Automatic, iHeartRadio podcasts, and call in. Please stay in touch. We want to hear from you. Visit SheilaMDean.com. <laughs>